So I'm here uh, speaking with the amazing Lauren Balf. Uh, Lauren just finished, uh, I'll be cheesy, his most impossible mission yet, <laughs> uh, scoring uh, Ethan Hunt's... Uh, cheese is good. Cheese is good. I, I love cheese. Uh, with Mission Impossible Fallout. Of course, you know Lauren from so many other things, such as Genius and uh, The Crown and um, working with Hans and, and Terminator and... Uh, everything, pretty much. You're, you're working nonstop, but uh, thank you, Lauren, so much for uh, for talking today. My pleasure, guy. Lovely talking to you. Yeah, so we haven't spoken in a while. Um, I would just kind of refresh maybe people who are listening maybe for the first time. Uh, kind of talk about your background and uh, trying to remember that point in your life when you decided to veer on this path as a career choice. When did you decide, okay, composer my life now <laughs> oh I, I i'm not too i'm not too sure i kind of ever sat down and made that decision it just just started happening really uh, i think i was i was i was always in a, a a musical family and it was it was i was surrounded by it so i always naturally knew i was going to do something with music um and yeah i, I think just it just graduated. I remember school, we had a careers advisor. And when I said I wanted something to do with music, they said, well, the only job in music is to be a teacher. Uh, and I thought, uh, I thought, well, there's, there's many more avenues than that. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I, weird, I, it was just, a, it was just a gradual, I it was starting off doing commercials and then uh, when it was jingles and commercials and, TV shows and games and videos, so that 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 was the kind of the the evolution, really. So, and you, of course, started off like most people in the industry, kind of working as an additional composer, um, kind of getting your feet wet that way and learning the business. Um, what are some of those big? What are some of the big lessons you learned working with Hans, uh, you know, John Powell, all these other great, amazing composers, Rupert? I mean, how did you kind of? What were the lessons that you still hold today? I think um, the, the biggest the biggest lesson was uh, I, I don't think anything n none of it was to be to do with music. It was all it was it was the filmmaking process. Mm. And I think the biggest the, one of the biggest things I, I, I learned from Hans really was 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 learning that ability to when your cue gets kicked out and you've spent like a week of no sleep writing something that you think fits and then being told that it that it doesn't work i think then you uh you've got two ways to look at it you can either go in an opposite reaction and just uh switch off and be either upset about it or uh angry about it and uh, i always remember him just saying that as soon as you do that you don't you no longer you no longer listen mm. to what they're saying Right. So you, uh, and 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 I think that's just a very important thing. And now, now I just now if it's not light, you you then have to focus on trying to figure out why it's not light and how to improve it. So that so that was a that and the whole the whole conduct of of working in film is something that. Was, I learned a lot from all of them, really, because it's not—it's not—it's—it's it's nothing you learn at film school. Yeah, film, yeah. you know, film, film, film music classes 
uh, or if you go and study film music at college, I I don't really think it teaches you anything. I don't know. What, I, out of everybody I know that, that that has studied it, the majority of the skills they've learned is of no use. So it's yeah. so so it's, kids. Um, if kids, if you're listening, don't go to school. No. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> go to school and, and, and go to school and learn a craft. Yes. <laughs> if you if you want to do music, if you you know study study music, but don't spend three years trying to study film music. Cause there, there there is it's it's very simple. If you if you look at the 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 people that we all regard as great film music composers, none of them went and studied it. So I don't understand why you would do that. Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean, I went to uh, film school and I, I didn't. I lost yeah. the te- <laughs> No, I totally agree and a lot, a, a lot of the techno, a lot of the technology that we're using is not being taught at the colleges because they 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 will have particular um, softwares that they focus on. So then that doesn't teach you. And then the, and the main thing about film music is not about writing film music because film music that's I don't that style doesn't exist. Writing music to film is is, is what the job is, and. And I think that um, you've got to, you've got to, you only learn from working with people. And if if you rewrite, which some of the things that they have you do is like rewrite the scene to the English patient. Now that 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 the music for that I think won an Oscar. It was good enough. Yeah. So <laughs> so um, writing it again and then having. Um, a teacher then tell you that it's no good and give you an F. The only there's only one person that knows if it's good or not. It's the director. Yes. And I think that um, I, I think you you if if you do want to do a course like that, it, it's getting working with a film score, something like that, where there's actual interaction with film. But but that um, that side is, is, is <laughs> I don't think it does much. <laughs> No, I agree with you. I don't think I learned. I don't think anything I learned in film school in terms of filmmaking I'm using today, uh, working in studios and all that stuff. I, I it, but but it, it, I I don't regret. At least for me, I don't know about music particularly, but when going no. to film school, I do regret doing it. But it's um it's true. You do learn the business and the actual craft. I mean, you, you learn a craft and then you have to apply it in the real world. And school is a protective bubble where you can learn and make mistakes, and then you get like th- like a you know. Sh- shat out of the womb and you're now out in the world and you have to learn to walk in like three minutes yeah. and... <laughs> um but yeah, talk, yeah. And, talk... And, and also i think i think i i think i think i think you've got to kind of also um look at start, study film yes I think, uh, knowing film is 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 part of what what your job title is a film composer mm-hmm. and um and I think that that is the understanding of filmmaking is is just very important. And I think you know one of the interesting things, that, uh, opportunities that I had on, on Mission Impossible was was I uh, my writing room was next to their editorial room. That's so, that's perfect. So where Chris, Chris and Eddie Hamilton, the uh, editor, were were down the corridor from me. So, so it was fascinating seeing the whole process because the the visual effects team were there, and um, it was just it, it was amazing seeing the because very rarely do you get to just hang out and sit in an edit, especially as a composer. So being in that environment was just, was fantastic. 
Yeah, and I and I I'd say that's the same thing to to film directors and editors and cinematographers because as you know, I'm not a musician, but I love the marrying of sound and image. So I always stress, uh, urge other filmmakers, not just composers, to study film music. You know, kind of on the other side and and make sure that's kind of part of the DNA of your ideas and your images. So I think it goes both ways for sure. Um, to learn every the the craft of everyone yeah, around definitely. you. <laughs> um, so. I, you know, yeah. I, I talked to a lot of other composers, and you do have this reputation. But don't worry, it's a good one. You have, <laughs> I talked to, you know, John Powell, Steve Jablonski, and Hans. They always tell me, you know, Lauren is amazing because he's such a fast writer, an efficient writer. Um, do, you, do you think you're fast? Do you think you're efficient? And what does that mean in, in terms of uh, being efficient? Does that just mean being confident in your gut instincts and not, you know, dillying around? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you see yourself in terms of efficiency and, and quickness i guess <laughs> well i it, it's a difficult one because it's weird when when like, younger composers talk about or ask me they say oh i hear you're really fast so, you know you could be really fast and and write a cue that's five minutes long and just hold one note down yeah that yeah. technically that that, te- that that technically works so so um i i think I think my real skill is the, the ability not to sleep. Really, I think <laughs> I think that um, I um, I used to have an, a, a, an addiction to diet coke, and and that and that kept me <laughs> that kept me full at it for days. Um, but unfortunately, that is that is gone now. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I I think it's I I think it's I, don't know, I suppose it's just a case of I've I've always felt that at least. I'm just I'm a bit fo- uh, focused with the task in hand, but but also I think that it's it's pr- it's practice. I I, I I you by constantly writing and constantly producing, you're 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 improving your skill, yeah. And and you're able to to know like anything in life. The more you practice, the better you get. Absolutely. So I so I think that uh, I think that. It's the same way as that after you've when you've done one film, when when somebody when the director or editor is telling you that the cue doesn't work and they give the reasons, you sometimes don't quite understand what they are or you misunderstand the commands. Mm. After you've done fifty, you start you start picking up traits and information about the process and how and how people communicate, and and I think that's the it's 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 just simply experience, and I think that the the fast, I don't, I don't necessarily like being known that I'm a fast writer because sometimes it, it comes off. I think sometimes people know that I can get a score done in two weeks. So <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's not, it's not, it's not always a, and yeah, it's a, curse. a good thing to be known for, but, um, but, um, but no, I, I, I think it, it's, I think once you have your themes and I think that's why I always kind of, I think I was a, a good additional composer. I, I think that I understood. I understood when looking at people's melodies what what the what you could do with them automatically. Because I think that I always kind of I was a good arranger. I I, I was able to distance myself from from what if the tune was good or if the tune was bad, and just look at how you can you can turn it on its head mm. and um and and give it a different approach really. Right. Um, do you ever 
uh, I, when you're in the moment and you're working and you you are, and it doesn't have to be, even if you have two weeks to do a score or two months or, um, do you ever doubt yourself still at this point in your career? Do you ever have creative doubt? Do you ever look at something and go, oh God, I don't know if this is correct. I don't know if this is good or bad. I mean, do you still have those moments? Um, I, I, yes, but I just don't think, I, I don't think about it. I mm. think it just then, uh, if, if that, you know, everybody's got doubt about what they're creating in life. Right. And I think that you, you, that you're, you're scared and intimidated. And I think that after a while, it doesn't really help having these, these feelings. And I think that you've just to, you've got to put them aside and just get ahead with the task in hand. And I, and, and, it, and, and that, I know some people that just sit and just worry about what they've written and, and spend ages going, oh, I don't know if it's good or, and at the end of the day, um, there's only one, there's only one person who knows if it's good or not. And it's the director. Right. So, so don't worry, don't worry about it. Just <laughs> do it. Do what you feel, do what you feel is right. And what your gut is telling you. Um, and, and then, and then, and then, and then it may, it may be put in the bin or it may be good, but at least then you, you've done it. And I think that it, it's keeping, keeping your ideas and keeping the music locked up and, and, uh, doesn't, doesn't help you progress in the project. So I, I've always been one for, if I've got an idea and even, even if it's not fully polished is to, is to just get it out in into a musical format so that at least present it and talk about it. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um, so let's, uh, I do want to talk about some other projects that have happened since we last talked, but I want to dive right into Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, yes. talk about Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, talk about, I guess, getting getting hired on this movie because you're working with Christopher McQuarrie for the first time, um, working with Tom Cruise yeah. for the first time. Um as a producer yeah. and um so what what were those kind of initial meetings like and and clearly chris and, and and tom they wanted to you know make a completely different feel for this film and and so what were those talks like and what did they want from you as the composer well i think you know i think this was a it was a it was a big a big step step up really for me in my career oh yeah, yeah. and i think that it's it's um it's it's something that I I I know every composer when they work on a franchise say oh, I've been a fan from the beginning, but but I've but I remember watching at college the first Mission Impossible, and I remember I remember the the train scene, yeah, and I remember that Danny Elfman cue that's all over it, and and I just I Mission I I was always a fan, so I think really. Um, subconsciously, I've probably been scoring this movie for 22 years, <laughs> and finally, I got the opportunity. That's amazing. So, so I think that it's, uh, I think that we we all know that melody, we all know that tune, and and I don't think that they 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 didn't come to me because they wanted. Uh, there was no direction. We weren't. We wanted totally different. We wanted. Mm. There was none. There was none of that. I think the movie is the the movie. The movie tells you what musically it's going to be, and I think that it's um, it's a darker tone, and you see a different side to Ethan than we've seen in the other movies. 
And um, I think that then started already kind of giving inspiration to it. So, so the, fir- the first time Chris and I met, um, we talked a lot. And then after the second meeting, we, uh, I basically left and I, I, I wrote... I wrote not to picture uh, probably about an hour's worth of music. Oh wow! And just, just sweets and and get um, yes and 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 ideas about what you can do with with this iconic theme. Right. And still, you know, because to me, I think when you've got a theme, you've got to be you have to be respectful to it and what it represents. Um, if it's a if it's a well known theme, because the the fan the fans connect to it yeah yeah and if you if you if you don't use it if you don't use it in the right way or you discredit it and feel that you should only use it once in the movie and then walk away i i, I just don't think you've got the same experience you've got you've got the name the the film and you've got those characters so it, it's nice to be able to create that common thread so yeah so i, I basically well, I, I wrote my guts out. I, I just thought uh, I really want to. Uh, I, uh, Chris was. I've admired him right from the beginning of his career, and um, the Mission Impossible franchise is just an amazing film, and they they just keep getting better and better and better. Yeah, it's, they do. They and, do. <laughs> and I just uh, and I, and I, and I felt that. I, I really had to. Um, I wasn't asked to. I, I just felt that here's my opportunity. I, I, I want to pr- musically present some ideas. So, so I did it and then sent it to him. And then, and then really, I then got the job. Mm. Um, so, I, I, I think, I think it was a. Um, there was a. Oh, there was a mixture of pieces. There was interpretations of the new uh, of the actual mission impossible theme and then and then there were other pieces in it that i felt were all related to to like the our baddie theme which is just a two note kind of octave jump thing is is related to the plotting theme So, so all the dna of the music is in the is in lalo's original music it was just trying to twist it and give it a more left field approach really and uh because yeah there is that the kind of the, the core central motif of it it's those three descending notes that's kind of pulled from the main theme as well isn't it or am i thinking of yes something? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i no 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 i i think it's it's always it's it's always interesting because i think when people send you a message just saying oh it's great that you use the same theme from from uh, Rogue Nation, I'm thinking, God, did I? And it's like, no, that's the plotting theme. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, and and then if, and if somebody makes a reference that sounds like some other movie, it's like, well, no, it was written in 19. I think he, he I think he wrote it 1968 or 67 or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, 67. Um, yeah, it was. It, yeah, so he, he was. Uh, <laughs> got an issue with it. Get in a time machine, but I think it's um, <laughs> uh, the the D, the the DNA was all, and also look. I think when watching it, you you naturally feel that there's a darker tone, and and, and musically, it wasn't going to be. It, it it told you that it wasn't going to be lots of busy woodwinds, and and really anything like, I think there had been before. So, 
So I, I hope, I hope, um, I hope people enjoy it. I, I know that Chris, Chris and Tom are, are the are the gatekeepers really now for for Mission Impossible, especially Tom to do with with um, you know he is Ethan Hunt. Yes, you yeah. you you can't get a better sounding board than him, and and that piece of music really. It, it really does belong to, to him now. The Mission Impossible theme. So, so you 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 you've got two amazing um, guardians really walking you through the whole process, and 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 and, and wanting to kind of um, give what the give a new approach to it really, which I don't which hadn't been done really in a while yeah it's um and I, I always love this franchise because it seems like it's not like james bond which i love james bond but when you make a james bond film you're making a james bond film but i i, I like how this franchise has kind of turned into this place where directors and con- composers can almost give their a very personal stamp on it i mean de palma to john woo and brad bird and you know jj abrams and uh you know even chris with the last yeah. one and all the scores i mean from joe kramer's is a brilliant and then hans's is absurdly amazing and ridiculous but it's still cool and danny and michael giacchino i mean they're, they're all fantastic so i think everybody has given their own voice to it and uh, but yeah it's it's great to feel this uh kind of i don't want, i don't want to use the term modern but it is kind of like a modern action kind of approach to it blending orchestral and electronics and kind of that big almost a world ending sound you kind of have gravitas and weight here that uh you kind of took the it's a, and it's grittier i mean the the look of the film i they, you know i think uh, they changed cinematographers too it's more grittier it has higher contrast deep mm-hmm. shadows it definitely speaks differently to the audience visually um so i loved it yeah, i mean and I, I, and, I, and, I, and i think yeah and I, and, I, and i think that if you don't with the type of the, the way visually it, uh, it looks if you if you don't incorporate electronic textures then you're missing you because it should be purely classical you're missing out on a whole world of interesting um, um you, you're just missing out on interesting colors that you could be incorporating into your school yeah so so i think that that you you've you've got to not worry about whether it's just an an orchestra playing it like there was in prior movies and you've got to use everything at your disposal absolutely and um another aspect of the score that i really loved the way what you used is uh, percussion and the way you embraced not only the bongos but kind of have like a you know a drum uh circle of sorts to i mean like the the rooftop chase just utilizing percussion just for that highlighting the footsteps i mean it was so just kind of a simple idea but so brilliant in, in its execution and then that percussion is kind of embedded throughout the entirety of the score too i mean that was and i just love that kind of tactile feel of kind of that kind of percussion it was really great well the the thing is is that you know that 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 came the thought of the percussion really came from the tv show because the tv show is has always been very um, very rhythmical. Yes, yeah. And I think that it, 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 the the the, the bong, bongas was always a very featured instrument in in the TV show, and I think that's why uh, that's why I thought the, the the percussion route it would be an interesting uh, an interesting color to it, and then and I think that 
Um, it's not it's not normal to get twelve bongo players. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's um, it, it's not no you know normally it's one and that's it. So finding eleven was 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 pretty hard. <laughs> but um, but I think that it was just it, it's a it's an interesting sound. And again, it's being it's a hint back to the um, to the origins of Mission Impossible. But it's just again just taking it to an, uh, another realm. And I, and I suppose it's the same as as you know, having the choir singing Mission Impossible for, for the end credits in Latin. Yeah. It's just it's just a bit of fun. And I, and I think that that's the that's the great thing about. Um, Mission Impossible is that it can, it, it's it's serious, but but you can afford to have fun. Yes, and I, there were so many, and that's the thing I loved about this movie that it was able to balance that tone uh, so well. Being there were so many kind of laugh moments, not not like ha ha, but just kind of tension relieving moments throughout, especially in the third act. And yeah, um, and the the audience was into it. I mean, people were kind of laughing and clapping, and and, and you could feel it. And um, I also loved uh, another thing you used, a uh, kind of a trickling piano. It was almost like a like a a breadcrumb trail of following like something's not right, but you kind of it kind of you find out what it's hinting at towards later. I no spoilers or anything, but I really liked the way you it, it kind of gave it this espionage uh I don't know feel. I really liked it. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, in the interesting thing again, that was that was that kind of a retro feel nod back to the TV show of yeah. of 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 that of the sixties, but 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 not trying to be, um, not trying to be, commit pastiche about it. Yeah, trying yeah. to take just like just trying to take that theme. Imagining if that theme was written today, what do you do with it? And and I think that. Um, it's very easy to go down that kind of spy, the the spy espionage type of music. Um, what's what, and it becomes a parody. Yes, yeah, it's very and easy I to think slip that, um, into that. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah, and that's one thing that this movie is is not. It's not. A, it's not a parody. And I think that musically, if, I think when you when you take some of the music from the prior movies and kind of put it to to this one they just don't work it, it's shot differently the, the pace of it's different um and also the interesting thing about working with chris is the fact that he doesn't he doesn't use temp music yeah that's so amazing the, yeah. the whole process it, 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 it it's it's a major relief in life um <laughs> as a composer but um but but the, the temp the temp was our music so right from the beginning um from talking and not writing to picture where i was able to to start creating our actual soundtrack and um and and it meant it meant you were able to constantly be experimenting with it and 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 keep evolving the score with with its new with new colors and new textures and that's what I felt as a, and I was I was going to say this before you, you mentioned that because um, as an audience member, it almost felt like the music was kind of informing the edits and informing the camera movements and, and in a way that it, it felt so baked into the genesis and DNA of it. Whereas traditionally a score comes in at the last second, it's kind of painted over the, the locked picture or, you know, hopefully locked picture, but sometimes things change. But um but the fact that I don't know, it just felt so baked into it. Like I mean, the the Paris Escape from Paris scene is 
uh, I think one of the best action scenes and for you, one of the best action cues I've heard in such a long time and just the arc of it. I mean, it's just oh, beautifully crafted. You. It's just crafted. It just takes you, it has like a three act structure just for that action scene. And it just takes you from start to finish in just beautiful way. I mean, it's so exciting and thrilling. Well, it's, it's, but you know what's really interesting is that is that and, and what's joyful about you know great filmmaking is that ability to have time and step back and go how can it how can it be improved yeah and I think that um, that, that that's I think that I suppose that's what makes that's the difference between great filmmakers and 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 you know good filmmakers it's being able to step back from it and. And and know how to improve the story, which which Chris and Tom just they just do, and they know what they 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 know what I think the, the what the audience wants. To yes. See. Yeah. So so I think that um, the the action cues and also um, you know uh, I I think one interesting thing about this whole project also has been um, Cecile who who was our music editor on the project just did amazing work. Right. And and I and I and you know I, I've been I think really properly writing on it for maybe eight or nine months, but Eddie, the editor, Chris, Cecile, and I really all worked as a as a as a complete team to create the soundtrack. Yeah, and, it and, and I think that, that yeah. um, it, it, it's it's just it's no one person can stand there and say I did this. Yes. I, I'm so clever. I, I think it really. I, I, I think that uh, which many many people do stand there and solely <laughs> take credit. But um, but uh, but no. I, I think the whole process is just, was just amazing, and 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 constant experimenting it. And I think it's like seems like the the the. Uh, well, it's difficult talking about it because then you give spoilers. But yeah. but it, but yeah. I, I think there's there's there's. there's Chris has got great taste with choosing money and music and and seeing where you don't need it. True, there uh, is, and that yeah. I mean, he, he, I love the and Jack Reacher too. He, there was this, this car chase that was scoreless, and it was so powerful that you know you'd have. You, I mean, he had he had working with Joe Kramer and a brilliant composer, but they had pulled it away, and it was and they did the same thing in this one. There was a a, a sequence um, that had no score, and it was all of a sudden you as an audience, we're like, whoa, this, there's no score here. You feel more in tune to it. There's something, you know, a little bit more visceral and raw and kind of organic here. And then um, I love that contrast and juxtaposition of doing a big, bold action scene with a big score and then just completely removing it. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think I think that's, that's, that's a difficult... It's, it's a difficult thing for a composer to figure out where, <laughs> where, 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 where it's not needed. I think a lot of composers get... get um, they, they they think that it should be constant music all the time, and yeah. it's just that's not that is not how it it should work really. And no. I think that um, it's like the it's the it's um, <coughs> the bathroom the bathroom fight. Oh yeah, it's just one. amazing. You know that's that's one of the best action scenes I think I've ever seen in my life, and and I, w I wish I could say it's because of the music, but there is no music in the scene. <laughs> that's true. So it's, it's <laughs> it's it's uh i cannot it, it credit cannot be taken unfortunately. yeah 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 um but but no it's 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 an interesting thing that i think a lot of composers do 
and they find that shock when they get to the dub stage and they find that there's a whole queue being re- taken out and there's no music and it's like, oh, I spent a week doing it. But it's um, it's just, it's that's, that's part of the whole process. Yeah. It's, it's not about the music, it's about the, the film. And story, for sure. Um, but you also got a few scenes where you were just that they pulled everything out except for the score and i was i love those moments um there's a little bit of a it's not a flashback but kind of an envisioning scene and that's completely 100 yeah. percent score uh the the steps ahead yep. steps ahead part with the boat when he catches him i mean you did drown everything out it's just yes. the score i mean there's these moments there i'm just like yes this is amazing i love it <laughs> so you did get full center stage yeah, for no, a little I bit think... <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Well. Yes. Totally. I. I think it's a. It's. Um. But again, he, Chris. Chris chose his moments. Yeah. And chose where, the where where that made sense, and and it and it and it really did because I think during that um, during that, um, the boat scene, it was um. Oh, weirdly enough, that was originally a different piece of music. Really, <laughs> and I think that um, we ke- we kept watching it, and um, and I think I think it was I think it, well, it was Eddie and Chris's idea to why don't you why why here's a good opportunity actually to have a a bit of fun, and um, and that's where the concept of the the the, the snare drums. And the and the plot theme, yeah, the plot theme. going full full tilt. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so it's it, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's Chris has just got very good taste, and I think that's what makes a, a, a good director. Absolutely, and um, there's another aspect of the score that kind of surprised me um, that I don't think we've seen in the other Mission Impossible films, and it was and it's the you, you kind of comment uh, and the film comments on these characters lives as these nonstop uh, saviors of the world. They can't have families. They can't have real lives. And you're able to kind of almost add this existential uh, melancholic sorrow um, to that in, in pieces like uh, we're never really free and kind of highlight that. And I thought that was such yeah. a, had a layer of depth that um, I was like, Oh, this is, interesting this adds more feeling and more emotion to it i mean that was that was unique to be able to have a canvas for that yeah well i i think i think that's um i think the film allowed you to do it i think i think that the the film uh, unlike prior other mo- of the movies I, that that character development was was never never occurred as much right so so that's why with this one, and I think also I think that I, I think I originally started writing other themes that were probably more melodic, and I and and to me, I, I always treat that Mission Impossible theme. Uh, it, it's it's really it's really Ethan's theme. Yeah, it's it's um, so so I think that conflicting it with an with an Ethan theme and. Uh, and several other things I think would just get far too complicated. And I think all of the characters are making, they all make great sacrifices in life. And yeah. I think that uh, Ethan has made major sacrifices in life. So, so there, there was um, the fir- one of the first pieces I wrote, um, which is, which is basically that 
that piece it's it's really an, an eight chord uh, eight bar chord progression where each player of of the violin and celli section there was this it was this a, a technique that we were experimenting with so as soon as they finished playing their note they just stopped playing mm. and then and then we'd come in so so the sense of waves were coming in and out um of of the piece of music and that was something that i i had written after after chris had talked about what ethan's journey was in this movie and uh so that was it was kind of not written to picture and and then it ended up i i get called the you know pop by the edit i come in and they placed it in a scene and uh where i would never have thought of it i would have thought oh i that could be played as an action scene, so so it, you know it just allowed constant experimentation. Absolutely. Um, so looking at, uh, I mean, maybe not just Mission Impossible, but kind of filmmaking as a whole. I mean, picture changes happen all the time, and as a movie is getting made, things are getting cut, things are getting swapped, and it's funny because I went back and I watched that yeah. first trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout, and there's a a good chunk of scenes there. I was like, that wasn't in the movie. That wasn't in the yeah. movie. Uh, that wasn't in the movie. So yeah. obviously you guys were massaging this thing until the, I mean, I think you were, wor- I remember messaging you, you were still working pretty much just like right up almost to the premiere. And um, so how, d- and, and when something changes, it can have a ripple effect throughout the entire film. How do you deal with that as a composer? How do you, I guess, keep everything from collapsing um, um, when some, when a, ch- a scene swaps out and you need to keep that momentum or keep that flow or transition to a different tone? I mean, is it just about going with instinct? Uh, and but how do you make sure that it doesn't affect the end or the beginning? I mean, I, I guess it's a lot of questions I'm throwing at you, but I mean, how do you deal with picture changes? I guess is the general. I've, I've lost count. I've lost. I've lost count. <laughs> how do you do what I, you do? I mean, you just pose nine, nine in a row. I think. Um, I think it's. I think it's very like how you've just asked that question. I think somebody could regard that as overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or simply, simply. <laughs> Um, deal with the fact that um, you, you you just can't you you can't afford to be overwhelmed by yeah. it. It, it. It's it, it's there. There is a you you just simply have to look at it as a as um as a as a as a problem and and how do you and how do you solve it? it it's it's very it's very much like a Lego kit. Once one piece is missing. Okay, so then how do we how how do we then join it up? And I and I think that also sometimes I think that you have you 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 have that pressure because you feel that oh well all that music's no longer being used, but it just it it doesn't matter because it, it's it's really it's a better decision. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 best for the movie. So I think that you. Another thing, you know, picture cuts is always a hard thing um, for for composers, and and that's why I, I always think it's absolutely essential to have a great team around you. I, I think that um, what 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 people don't, a lot of people just do not fully comprehend the 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 amount of work that goes into the firstly the whole film, but secondly. The concept of one one person doing doing a big movie just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it 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 take it takes an army. It does. And I think that um, uh, and I and I've seen I I I've 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 witnessed it before where where they don't have a team and it's 
either it's caused close to heart attacks <laughs> or um, uh, uh, you know melt uh, break break breaks uh, break sounds of relationships. It's just it just doesn't work. And I think that um, where you, you work, the industry now is at such a fast pace that when yeah, ch- changing a, an action sequence that is two, three minutes long, and if they shave off ten you know 10 seconds it can affect a lot because that whole flow is now gone so 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 you have to have a a good team around you and and thankfully i've I've got stefan and max and and queenie and um you know you just you you rely on these people yeah and so that so that's what gets you that that's what gets you through that process um so, so I think that when you find out that there's a new turnover, you just have to really just go. Okay, I, I can either sit here and and get stressed and panic, <laughs> but that won't get the that won't get the cues done, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so working on Mission Impossible, it's it's such a again we were talking about the theme, such an iconic theme. It's a, it has a huge fan base, and I think working on a, fran- a franchise like this, um, not just for you, but I mean the Chris and editing and directing and the cinematography puts such a <clears throat> I think puts you more in the spotlight for um, more than any other film, which means more opinions from audiences, more criticism. Um, everyone's going to have their opinions. Yeah. Everyone's going to have their point of view. Oh, don't they just? Don't they? Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> so as a, <laughs> as a as a composer who's, you know, you're doing the best to service the film and people will look at it and they, you'll, you'll read things that are completely trashing you. You'll read things that are praising you. I mean, how do you handle that kind of criticism from the public as a, as a you know, you're servicing the film, and of course, the audiences are meant to take it in and form their opinions. But how do you deal with all that, or how do you look at it? Um, <laughs> it's. I think I think you can you can put on a brave face, but it but it but it. There's two ways to look at it. It's 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 hurtful, mm-hmm. and I think that anybody that says it's not is lying. Yeah, because we don't we don't no no nobody nobody spends. Um, months of their life um try, trying to delve into their their you know, sounds over the top but the shows to try to write something yeah. and want and believe that it's mediocre it just it just doesn't work that way yeah and i think that um um you you've got but then on the other hand you just you simply have to kind of distance yourself and um and and know that Everybody's got, you know, an opinion. I don't particularly, I'm not a particular fan of country and Western music. Now, that's just me. Yeah. But um, there's, there is, there is, uh, obviously, <laughs> I, I'm in the minority because, because many people do. The difference is, is I just don't waste, I don't waste my time moaning about it and um, getting angry about, about, about that music. I, I, I suppose it's just, it's just two different ways to look at it. And sure. I think that um, every, everybody, everybody's got an opinion. And I think that, uh, yeah, you, when you do get into the, uh, a project like this does get you more into that. Um, I think especially when, when it, you know, Joe's score was, was fantastic in the last movie. Oh, and, yeah, I, and I amazing. think that a lot of people were, were annoyed that I was doing it. And, <laughs> And um, I, I, I think one of the best 
somebody sent me a message just saying, I've listened to the score. It's so bad. I'm not going to see the movie now. And I, and, <laughs> and I, what can I, what can you say to that? You, you, you know, you're missing out on, on a great, a, a great experience because you just don't like the fact that I used some, a Moog synthesizer in the sound. <laughs> it's just, it's, um, listen, it, it is, it is what it is. But I think that it's, it's, um, I, I think you have to just you, you. The only way you can really cope is to is to distance yourself and and just not not worry about it. But but I what well, I think the only thing that that bothers me is this when when people don't. I, I think critique is important for for all of our development in life. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that uh, I, and I think that when uh, you you can you can learn from it and and. and all of us, apart from you know the big composers, we're all still learning. We're all still trying to figure out where we belong and, and musically what our tone is. And and I think that if if you read something and uh, and there's 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 interesting points, um, you 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 benefit from it. And and it's and it's interesting. But when somebody just simply says because they hate remote control, it's automatically <laughs> going to be um, flush down the loop you, you just got nowhere to start with so yeah. you just you you have to ignore some well, of that, that, uh, is, that is, yeah, and yeah. and also you know that it's 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 a handful of people that um that just constantly like to go on about it or uh, but, but you know it, it is what it is but i but i i do think that um if there was if there was legitimate criticism i think you take it seriously but when it's just when it's just silly idle non-educated comments it's it's you know yeah no i agree with you completely and i just want to let you know i've i've watched you grow as a composer from your early days and i've fallen in love with your music and it's been just a a pleasure and an honor to see you grow as a composer and to I mean, see you evolve, and, and, and I love your sound, I love your style, so, and I think what you did with Fallout is your best work, and um, well, I'm not trying to butter means, you up, I'm not trying I mean, to kiss the, your ass, but it's really, really good. Butter it, keep buttering <laughs> it, but you see, you'll be accused, you'll be accused, you see, oh, yeah. something, but, but no, that means a lot, and and, and it's, it's um, no, it, it, I, I appreciate it, and also I think that it's, I, I spent a long time on this project, I started nearly a year ago, yeah. And um it wasn't a last it, second thing, it, it was it, yeah. It's it's Yeah, well yes. And I and I think that it's um but I do think that it's we're all kind of we're all we're 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 all we're all new to the game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's just it's very exciting at the moment. There's a lot of there's a lot of composers out there that are, are getting to, to have their voices heard where I think ten, fifteen years ago it was quite a closed shop. Yeah. I think now it's 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 exciting. You know, the concept of what film, what is that? What is film music? Is so broad now. It's not. It's no. It doesn't have to just be that. No, and I always quintessential yeah, orchestral score. Yeah, no, it, there's no manual. There's no instruction manual of how to make a movie, how to write a score, how to shoot a film. It's uh, it's it, and if there was, then we would never grow. We would never evolve. The industry wouldn't change. And uh, yeah, it, it's a. Uh, there is a lot of closed-minded opinions out there, and, and don't worry, I have my own hate thread already as a yeah. as a writer, as a film music journalist. So <laughs> I, I'm in your company. Um, people well, hate hate yeah. me. So, <laughs> but but 
Yeah, but exactly. But the thing is, is that it's it's like the whole there's there's a a real strong feeling of not wanting to involve um, electronics or or or, or 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 progress with music. Now I know progress is maybe the wrong word for right. some people, right. but that's like saying we that we should have just stuck with black and white movies and not progressed to move uh, to color. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. Why, why would you why sound, would you, you not know? you yeah, and why would you not want to use um, elements that that exist to help enhance the whole process? It it, it just it's 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 hold, it's holding it's holding on to the past, and um, it's you you you, you so some may not regard it as progressing, but I think it's the, the film filmmaking techniques have changed, yeah. and and the way that we. Yeah, you know, yes, it's not stereo any longer, yeah. unless you're watching it on your iPhone all the time. But... Right, <laughs> which people watch movies on their iPhone. I can't get wrap my hand around that. But exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be. Just think about that, Lauren. People are gonna be watching Fallout one day on their phones. <laughs> all that sound, all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Um, so I, before I let you go, I do want to uh, touch on. Uh, I was gonna. I don't want to hold you too long. We'll we'll do we'll save a lot of this stuff for another ch- another interview. But um, I do want to talk about Genius because that's another score you recently did um, for season two for Picasso. And I yeah. loved I loved the one you did for Einstein and now with Picasso. Um, talk about that project and being able to create these musical portraits for these iconic figures and and how was Picasso a different challenge than than Einstein? Um, I. <laughs> Weirdly, it's it's a it's it's the same it's the same problem, mm-hmm. and, and I think the problem is is that we just when it's an individual, I don't think you it's a it's very uh, you have to be very opinionated to go and say this is their soundtrack, right? And I think with Picasso, um, it, what he what he was creating was so ahead of its time that. Um, Musically, what when I when I researched what music that he was listening to and what he adored, um, the way he heard that music was not the way everybody else heard it. it he, his his brain processed information <laughs> far differently than 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 you or I. So, yeah. so I think that that's what always makes a, a, an interesting. Um, challenge and, and i think also the bi- a big challenge is is moving into a, a different season yeah i think that tv is tv is very very hard and and i think that you uh, having worked in the first season and and we we wanted we wanted it to, to to feel like um genius um but it had to be new music and and a, and a different color, so there was it, it, it was it was difficult. But but it's always just hard writing for somebody who's so iconic, because then it's very, you, who are who who are we to say that's their that's their their piece of music? Because it's, right. it's 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 they're real. Yeah, it 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 would be like me trying to change Ethan Hunt's theme. I, I have <laughs> no right to. That that is what we all associate with. Um, and I think that with uh, with with Pablo, it, it, it's a very difficult. It, it's difficult, and I think that's why we kind of, when constantly watching it, and spotting it, it was to, 
be loyal to the, the, the world of genius, but, but try to kind of reflect this craziness that really existed in his head. Yes. And, and also, and weirdly enough, that's why I wanted to use um, saxophone, because, because I think that the um, being purely classical just did, did not fit his influences, which he enjoyed you know, a lot of progressive classical music, um, traditional music and the jazz. So it was to, um, I really, there was no rules to it. That's how I treated it. Mm. That's great. I mean, I love the use of saxophone, actually. I don't know, it sounds cheesy to say that it's a very colorful instrument, but it, it, it kind of, I don't know, I see, uh, you can, I can, when you hear a saxophone, it's very, only different notes feel like different colors. It almost feels like painting, you know, in a way. So I thought it was a very appropriate choice for Picasso. Well, <laughs> Well, I, I think also I had been actually, I, I, I think around that time I had been watching in Britain, there's a show called Young Musician of the Year, and um, it's a BBC show, and, and I was listening to an amazing saxophonist called Jess Gillam, and she, uh, I, I just loved, I loved her tone, and I, and I really, I, I just kept thinking, I had her in my mind when writing mm. um, constantly. So, so uh, as well as in my studio, I basically had every painting of Picasso printed out and stuck it on the wall. <laughs> um, and I just, uh, so, so I, I really tried to kind of delve into his, his crazy head. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, I mean, for a composer, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's such an, I could just a capsule of what the job is kind of analyzing another human being and, creating their musical portrait in a way. I mean, and I think you're so good at that. I mean, you're so good at, I always call them musical portraits, but what you did with Churchill, I thought was really brilliant. And you, you find a way to create these iconic figures in a more human <clears throat> human way. So I think, uh, I really I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, it's, it, 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 I, I think, you know, the interesting thing is it's that it, it's, I think we all know what the easy way of doing it yeah. And the easy way of doing it is is probably probably making it bigger than life, right? And I, and I don't and I don't think that's that's it's kind of like that's the opposite of what these people are because it's like when you meet that the, the stand-up comedian he's so loud in public but deep down he's very lonely and sad, yeah, right? It's it's just their 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 persona is the exact opposite, and I think musically. I, I, musically, you have to create that that soundtrack, and I, and I think you you oh, the, the soundtrack of that individual, and I think it's that's why um, I think like schools like when Hans did Hannibal, oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was just you know it was just it was a it was <laughs> the school was uh, romantic. Yeah, he calls it a romantic and I think, comedy. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and and I think it's 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 interesting because the thing that if you just had doom and gloom all the time, had of like you um, you probably don't feel fully invested in them. Right. So so I think it's I think you've just got to you've got to somehow delve into their heads and 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 sh and, and and musically try to show this other side that's not visually there. So it's very very it's very hard. Oh, it is. It's a challenge a challenge for the filmmakers for you but so uh, but uh, kind of to wrap up a little bit um 
what other hobbies uh, yeah. do you have uh, between projects that you kind of recharge? I mean, I know you're a father, husband, you have two, you know, wonderful children now, so that's taking up probably most of your free time, but um, how, what's a, do you love to, you know, fish? Do you love to go riding? This, or... this, this, this sounds like a map. This sounds like a Match.com interview. <laughs> Do you like walks on the beach, Lauren? Do you like uh, dinners, Italian food? <laughs> <laughs> like, poetry, poetry. But I think it's an important thing. I mean, how do you I think, I think I... <laughs> How do you recharge yeah, no, I, between I think, projects? I think, yeah. The, the, well, you know, it, I, 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 I think that um, it's interesting. Somebody, somebody I, I overheard being asked about what their hobbies were, and they said socializing and cooking. <laughs> And I thought that I, I wasn't aware they were hobbies. I thought they were like necessities of life, especially <laughs> cooking. Um, but um, but no, I think um, it's 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 a it's a difficult one. I I think that um, I, I, it sounds cheesy, but uh, but I, I'm very fortunate in that my hobby is something that I I I, I get to do as my job. Right. Um, and um, and I always I've always. I've always written and and perform, even when I was assisting other composers. I I always, even during downtime, I wrote, and, and I think that you you have to make sacrifices for for this job because it, there is no there is no nine to five and there's there's yeah. no union and there's no clocking on. It, it, it's something that just um, you you live and breathe and 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 it's. You make you you miss out on a on a lot, and you know you notice after a while you no longer get invited to parties because they know that you've got to say no anyway. So it's just <laughs> it's one of those one of those um, those things. But I, but I do think that it's it, it just, it's a very fortunate thing, and I think that being being a father and a, and a husband now has has changed my priorities for the, for the best. Yes, yes. And I think that now I I I um it, it, it's it, it's enriched my life to to a level that I just never knew existed. Uh, uh, and and it's probably weirdly it's probably made my 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 writing more more focused um um with that time. But but hobbies. Hobbies went a long time ago. <laughs> I, I, I used to, I used to, I used to have a lot of them, and then, and then the studio environment happened. And, right. um, but, but, but I just, I, yeah, I, it's just, I, I, I've always loved writing. So when, when I used to have days off, I'd still write, and, and even if it was, you know, I'd write for library music, or I, I just constantly write, and I, and I, and I still write for library music. I, you know, if I've got if I've got time off, uh, I, I love, I just love writing. It, it, it's it's great, it's great fun. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's great fun for us uh, as an audience to hear it, and I, I, I just appreciate everything that you do and uh, appreciate your time today. And I, I and we'll we'll save. I, I mean, there's a lot of other things I'd love to talk to you about, but we'll be talking for an hour, and I don't want to take up your day. And um, and uh, just thank you so much, Lauren, and congrats on such a wonderful accomplishment with Mission Impossible. Well, thank you so much, Kai. A, lo a lovely interview, as always.